Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. And Ladies and gentlemen, today on the What's in My Head podcast, I have a Mr. Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of a very tiny project you've probably never ever heard of, but the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, <laughs> of course, I'm being facetious. Kevin, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, thanks. You know, it's, uh, you know I, I, I never get tired of that. I never get tired of hearing that. And, uh, you know, and I can't imagine like a you know, in 1984, when Peter and I did the first issue together that, um, you know, nearly 40 years later, I'd still be drawing turtles for a living and still making a living drawing turtles. It's just the, it's just the greatest gift ever. So, uh, I mean, that's the American dream. I mean, you know, you got to do something that you and your, your buddy, Peter, uh, didn't think was going to go very far, but it changed the fucking world, man. I mean, it changed my life as well as so many other people's lives. I mean, when you sit back and you think, you know, Kevin Eastman now, um, what what can you grasp, like how big this has really come or, or what's going through your head when you really sit down and think about it? Well, it's a, it's a good question because it was one of those things that um, it, it evolved over time, you know, because it came to us certainly for Peter and I in, in a couple of different ways is. Um, for example, you know, we grew up as huge fans of, of, of Jack Kirby and so many other creators that we that inspired us to want to you know, pursue the, a career in, in comics for a living, which our parents were like, oh my God, you know, we're gonna have one of those kids that never moves out of the basement, you know? Um, but um, so in 19, um, uh, 1985, when we did the second issue of the turtle, we sold enough copies and we realized like, um, if we did, you know, five or six of these a year, we could actually make a living um, just drawing comic books. So we wouldn't have to do, you know, all those odd jobs and then drawing on the side. And so that was like, yay, we won. You know, if this lasts for a year or two years or whatever, then then we were there, we, we were a success. Um, and then the fact that it just, um, once it started going, it just didn't stop. So when we, you know, got into the cartoon series, we were like, you know, who's gonna watch a cartoon show about Ninja Turtles, seriously folks. Um, and then you guys did and thank you. Um, and then the toy. So it's sort of been one of those adventures that um, it's really hard to imagine when you're in the middle of it because you just don't believe it. It's just happening so fast and so many things are going. But um, ultimately, it comes down to that very first uh, moment, 1995, uh, 1985, where, you know, here I am at age 58. Um, my drawing table's over there and I was working on Last Ronin this morning before we talked and I'm still drawing comic books for a living. So. Uh, it's, it's quite humbling and it's the greatest, the greatest gift. Everything's coming up Millhouse, it seems, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, we don't have much time, uh, but I want to make the most of it. Um, whenever I have a guest on, uh, my kid always asks me who I'm talking to. I got a 10 year old kid and his big love now and for the last year has been karate. And it's because of that 2012 Ninja Turtle series that we, we, we connected on when I got out of the Navy. Um, it was very hard for me to find something that, that we could connect on. You know, it's very weird trying to readjust to, I guess, normal life. Um, yeah. And for some reason, 
he had that same fascination I did. His, his un- unfortunately, not unfortunately, but his favorite turtle is Leo. Mine has always been Raph. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, that, it's that weird, uh, I guess, dichotomy, I guess if you want to call it that. But it's a weird, you know, tension at first. You know, he wanted to do his thing because he was with mom and he was protecting mom when he was younger um, in his head. You know? And when I came back, we just bonded and clicked over it. And then last year, um, he started doing karate because of that. So, I mean, not only do I have all of this, I mean, it's pretty, my wife calls it a sickness when she really comes up into my office. Uh, <laughs> he's all of my turtle stuff. Um, but I mean, he's going to sit here 20, 30, 40 years down the road, you know, doing what he's doing with martial arts. And not only is I'm thanking you for the turtles and for that time that I spent with him, but he's going to have to realize that he's going to have to sit there and write you a letter or whatever they're doing 20, 40 years down the road. I mean, well, well let me say, you know, first and foremost, thank you for your service. That's awesome. We really appreciate you guys keeping us safe and, and, and you know, doing all that you do. It, it means a lot. We're a um, family of veterans and, and you guys mean the world to us. Um, but it is, it's one of the things that you, you mentioned that really makes my heart happy and makes me emotional is, um, is we, you know, Courtney and I would do about 15 to 20 shows a year. And, just to see this, you know, look, we got you, mm-hmm. you're the original fan, but then the fact that you have a youngster, we have this, this generational thing was just like, you know, mind blowing. And that, um, that whatever it was that sparked your interest in the turtles, um, because, you know, when I was a kid, I was probably the same as you, you can't tell me what's cool. You couldn't tell me what, you know, what to like or what not like. And the fact that, you know, the same goes for your, your children, uh, your child. Um, so the fact that there was something that sparked within him that, um, it, you know, brought it to bear was, you know, it just, it's, it's, uh, humbling, you know, and I, I say that a lot because it really is, it's fantastic. And I do love the fact that, um, um, you know, martial arts, uh, I, I remember, uh, you know, we've been longtime friends with uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. Who was, oh, yeah. um, who the, you know. he was, he wore the Donatello costume in movie one, yeah. but then he was Tino in movie two, of course, you know. Um, but his family um, owned martial arts studios. Um, and after that first Turtle movie came out, the, you know, suddenly there were lines around the block with kids wanting to, 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 to study martial arts. And what I love about martial arts, because it's misunderstood, as you know, uh, being a, a fan of it, is that um, it's not about aggression or, you know, you know, learning to skills so you can go beat people up it's just sort of it's self-discipline and control and exercise and health and mental um, things so there's so many benefits to it so that's it's a real cool thing um and so it's great to hear that um you know your your, your son is into it yeah man he, he really loves it i've never been kicked and punched more in my life <laughs> than having a 10 year old and he he'll sit there and i'll come down the stairs and he'll just wait. And I know he's somewhere because he likes to pop up and scare the shit out of me. Or, you know, he likes to just punch me and run away because um, he thinks he's faster, but he's really not. But <laughs> he, he loaded up and kicked me in the gut so hard before seven o'clock, before I even had my first water in the morning, he kicked me in the gut and then ran off. Um, but, you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. But I got a I got a note from him and he always wants to ask a question of whoever I do it. So I'm pretty sure you've been you've asked this one, but he really wanted to know this. And I'm going to read it just how he wrote it because he needs to go back to school. And he said, what got you the idea of Splinter, hash, or not hashtag Hayden, but uh, comma Hayden. So his name is Hayden. So he wanted to know what was what was the idea for having Splinter the Rat as as the leader, the father figure of the Four Turtles? Well, it was it was a combination of a couple of things is that we, you know, it was, it was as Pete and I were sort of plotting out the origin story of the Turtles where, you know, if you'd have, because, um, you know, um, 
you know, rodents and certain animals in, in, in Asian cultures can be, you know, um, looked at as, as, as gods and respected and, and, you know, you know, that kind of thing. So um, you have the year of the rat, the year of tiger, the year, so many things. So we were trying to come up with a device that would carry the original origin story through a character from Japan to New York. So a rat as a pet was one of those ideas. And then of course that was sort of based on uh, rats being in the sewers in New York city. So when the canister hit the terrarium and everybody was exposed to the ooze and everything went down into the sewer, there's rats down there. And as coincidence would have it in the world of comic books that Splinter was down there. So, um, so we love that he had a history and they had this thing and so that they were all mutated and became, you know, humanoid. Um, so it was, you know, again, we, we wrote the story with um, love and passion for all things fantasy and stretching, you know, things as you could only in comic books. And, uh, um, you know, when you look back, it's, it's kind of silly because comic book science and it's this and that, but like, you know, how is the incredible Hulk created? How was Captain America created? You know, the, the fantastic four or four test pilots that get exposed to gamma rays and not, you know, and it's just, that's the beauty of it. And then, um, if we can get you past that, um, it's a story and the evolution of the characters that makes it all work. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it's always nice when you can suspend disbelief. Um, yeah. the, the disbelief I'm still trying to suspend, it, I think it's been long enough because I talked to Bobby Kerno. He was actually the first person I ever interviewed um, for this podcast about two months ago. Um, and I had to ask him and, and like spoiler alert, but it's been at least a year at this point. What was it like when you found out or you knew that they were going to kill Splinter in issue 100? Well, that was the, the thing is like, you know, first and foremost, Bobby Kernow is the coolest guy on the planet. Um, he's a great editor and he was the series editor from issue one. Um, IDW invited me to kind of come back into the world of Turtles comic books. Um, my first meeting with them was before issue one. They were just developing it. So I met Tom Waltz. I met Bobby. And so they wanted my input, my thoughts, and they wanted me to do covers. And so um, we quickly became over that first year. So we'd have regular meetings and regular story development meetings. And that lasted for um, basically nine years and a hundred issues. So, um, you know, twice a month, you know, Tom and Bobby and I would do these mind melts and we'd sort of choreograph where everything was going. So when, um, um, you know, when we got to the end of issue 12, because we hoped we could get to issue 12, then we said, okay, let's do, what's it going to be for the next 12 issues? Is it just a year two? And so um, we suddenly realized that we could get to issue 50. And if we could only make it to issue 50, where are we going to go to issue 100? And so we had a, um, especially Tom had a, a pretty firm idea of where we're going to go by issue 50. And so, and so it was great. They were a great team to work with all those um, artists that worked on the series, um, you know, uh, Matea Santuculo, Dan Duncan, uh, just, Corey Smith, so many, so many fantastic artists that have brought all those stories to life. You know, um, uh, it's been, it's, it's been quite a journey. So we knew we were going to end up in issue um, 100. And that was where the spark and sort of, um, you know, because that was about a year before we knew we were going to end up in issue 100, actually a little bit more. And so that's when Tom and I started talking about where do we go from here? And that's where the, the last Ronin sort of evolved out of that. So I'm glad you bring this up. Um... I, I'm not going to spoil anything because I just I hate when people do that to me. I've Googled something that's not even related to whatever I was watching or reading and fuck, you spoiled everything from a different show. It's just not fair. Um, <laughs> however, that book was so beautiful. 
Um, yeah. that, that last page, I had a feeling it might've been him. I was hoping for a different one, um, you know, of the two that doesn't seem, uh, you know, like it's going to be them, if that makes any sense. I'm trying to be vague boys and girls. So don't, don't hate me too much. Um, but it, it was just a, a beautiful book. Was it identical or completely different than what you and Peter had laid out, you know, so many years ago? It was, it's, it's a bit different only in that, um, what we did is we took the original structure that Peter and I did where it has what the world is like, mm-hmm. what certain characters, where they have evolved to, um, um, say I'm trying not to be careful not give any spoilers um there's a lot of really very specific elements in that structure that we specifically adapted to this story so important key pieces to the story are there um when the original story was written it was set 30 years in the future so 1987 it was like by the time we started really focusing on it that would have been you know 2017 when you know Pete and I looked 30 years uh, ahead and so when Tom and I looked at it, we said, well, now we need to go to make it work the way we believed it, where we wanted to take it. It had to be 20, 25 years in the future. And so we took all those pieces and then looked down the road and then, and then sort of uh, um, adapted them. So, uh, um, so the idea of the, the things like the last Ronin and a lot of elements that we brought in have evolved out of that original story. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, just trying not to desperately put my foot in my mouth <laughs> is something I shouldn't. Um, but you know, it's, it's, um, you'll see, you know, basically when, um, I, I, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, um, if the series is as, as successful as we hope it is, um, cause we've been having so much fun doing is that maybe they'll do a, a collection. And so we can show you those original notes and show you the original stuff. And so you can see the evolution of how it, how it um, evolved and arrived at, at I mean, the, even if you didn't put that shit on Kickstarter and I promise you it will get funded <laughs> in every single way there. I guarantee there's people out there just like me um, that would just fall out of control to throw money at you to see what, what you got. Um, real quick. I, know, done enough, so I thank you <laughs> uh, real quick. Cause I know, I know we don't have too much time, but uh, how are you looking for on time? I don't want to take too much time. You've been doing this all day for many days. I know you're tired. Um, so I just want to make sure we're still okay on time. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, do a couple more questions. Cool. Um, so one thing that I loved about the last Ronin, because from from page one, I was trying to guess who it was. A lot of people just go straight to the back. Um, you know, my comic book guy said, "Don't look on the last page until you read it," and I never do that, anyways. Um, uh, but I, I, I was sitting there trying to figure out. I was trying to get any clues that I could possibly get to see who it was. You guys changed the voice in a sense. You know, I was like, I started picking out things. I'm like, it could be him because of how he talked or how it was how it was proceeding. Um, did you guys put a, you know, a conscious effort to make it completely different uh, as far as the person? Did you have to change the voice or did it feel different right in this person? Yeah, that was, and that was a very specific and conscious thing because, you know, um, uh, because we, we really wanted that, um, you know, for, for readers like you that would wait to the last page to see the reveal, um, we really, de- you know, wanted to make sure that, um, um, and it'll make sense once you, see the character's evolution of what happened and how he got from this point to the point he is which is where we pick him up in the story um the changes made to that uh, personality and stuff is uh, and so we we try to make it um very specifically indiscriminate where you, you it would be hard to, to to pick up on some of the isms that you might expect um that would throw you know we, so we we throw it up but also it's um but it was also very fitting to the story because you know 
as you see issue two and issue three and you see, you know, how he got to this point, um, it, 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 the, the grimness of the character is um, supported and is an important part of the story because the, the, the focus on, on what needs to be done here. So, um, yeah, it's like I'm, I feel like a politician because I'm going around. <laughs> I'm like circling around, you know, just saying, well, this is what happens really. Um, no, uh, um, but no, it was, it was, it was a specific thought. Tom and I really um, worked hard to plan out and you'll see, um, you know, by the time you get to the end of issue two and issue three, that there's reveals and, and things that uh, end of each issues will put your propel into the next issue to, to answer some questions. But we're going to, we're going to keep you on the edge of your seat as best we can all the way through to the end. Was it always him? Yeah. Really, even even back in the day? Um, no, not back in the day, but definitely because um, it, it could have been. You know, there were there were options, and um, and some of those have been explored in other forms of entertainment. But it was sort of like one of those. Um, to me, when I thought of who would be for this story, there was no question in my mind. I knew exactly who I wanted it to be. So, did you did you have the definitive answers like it's going to be him, or did anybody try to get you off that 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 path? Yeah, I wouldn't. And that was, you know, and one of the things um, that's been so great about working with um, IDW and even, Nick, you know, especially Nickelodeon, who yeah. approves all these things, that they really gave us a wide, you know, I asked for and I said, I want this much space. I want to tell yeah. this kind of story and this is how I want to do it. And uh, Tom and I will do it. And they've been like, OK, good. And uh, so there's been no pushback and there's been no you know, second guessing, or, you know, maybe you should think about this, but they, they've really been super uh, supportive. Joan Hilty, uh, who's the main uh, Nickelodeon executive we work with. And she's just like, she's loving it. She's like, you just, you guys go nuts. And, and, uh, and that's, that's been fantastic. Cause it does feel like, um, you know, that's what, that's what the book needs. And I, I think they realize it too. So we're, we're pretty appreciative of them. Well, I'm glad they've given you guys the creative freedom to really tell the story you want to tell. I mean, especially in today's day and age, it's, it's very micromanaged with everything. Nobody wants any kind of screw ups. Nobody wants any kind of mess ups. Everything's going to come perfect out of the gate. Um, you know, and like I said, I've said this to Bobby, you guys are doing the Lord's work over there. Um, you know, I'm not a religious guy. I don't try to put off that on anybody, but you guys really are doing, you know, us fans, the biggest service that you guys can. And there has been one issue of that original run from, from one to, what are we on? Like one ten or one twelve now? Um, no issue has ever felt like a filler issue. No issue has just felt like, ah, they're just trying to kill a month. And, and to have that many issues and not have one issue that's just a filler issue, it doesn't make sense. Or you're leading someplace to get out. It's, it's mind boggling when you really sit here and think about it. And I can't thank you guys enough. Um, well, thank you. And I, you know, again, you know, you always felt like, um, I always compare what Tom Walls did to this turtle series, similar to, you know, Jack Kirby and um, uh, Stan Lee created, you know, the Thor, mm -hmm. Thor, the character Thor, the way we know it and the way we, we fell in love with Thor initially, but I felt like the Walt Simonson run on Thor was kind of the definitive run because he sort of took all those great, you know, Jack Kirby and Stanley isms and sort of redefined it into thing that I think is reflective in so many of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies and stuff. And so with Tom um, on this series, I think he took all the, his favorite isms from all these turtle universes and created a definitive uh, line, uh, definitive um, platform in the IDW turtle universe uh, that is, is perfect. But because of that, we've been able to see you know, one of my favorite artists, uh, Sophie Campbell. Uh, oh, fantastic. 
um, blossom and do what she's been doing has just been, you know, just absolutely brilliant. I'm really, uh, really enjoying that. And it's just, it, it, it just works. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it is fantastic. And this is the last question I'll let you go, because if anybody deserves sleep after these last few days of just talking to people that look like me and don't look like <laughs> me, you've earned, if anything, you've earned a little bit of a nap. Um, so the last question I want to end you with, and I don't want you to get in any kind of trouble for it. Um, I have a feeling what you're going to answer. Um, when you have to choose, right? I thought long and hard about what I would ask you, and I just I threw it all out the window. I was just going to fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, when it comes down to it, right? There's been two fifth turtles, right? Um, is it Janika or is it Venus? Well, um, the thing with um, that's it's a good comparison. You know, what's funny is that um, Tom and I discussed early on because um, he loved um, Venus as a character, but he said, you know, we, we both agree that you know the way that that series was sort of created and staged and released, um, it was. Um, bad timing on a lot of different things it was sort of it was too lighthearted. it was it just just there was you know I, and i love the series there's some really fantastic stuff in that series but it was one of those things that um just didn't work the timing was bad and everything was bad and so um from early on like you know within the first couple of years of doing it tom said i want to create a girl turtle he's got a, he has a a daughter um, um natalie and uh um, and he said, I want a girl turtle for all those, those daughters out there. Yep. So, um, it wasn't until issue 50 when, um, he came up with this idea of a character called Jenica, um, was an assassin mm -hmm. that was first appearance was issue 51. And she was supposed to be a character that would come and then, you know, we wouldn't really see her again, but we immediately both fell in love with her. And as we continued to grow her into the turtle universe, and then eventually into the the turtle family splinter kind of took her on as a almost like a, a, a daughter figure yeah. we saw our path we said well look it's a character we love the fans love and that this is an opportunity that you can a la sort of comic book science like she hulk and sort of things yeah. you can find a way to evolve this character into a girl turtle um and if it works the way we hope then um we'll have our, our girl turtle and the response has been just fantastic so we are so thrilled that uh the fans were receptive the timing was right and it's, it was the right way to do it it was story first and then so so we're, we're pretty pretty proud and, and um, we're so thrilled that she's going to be part of the turtle universe for for the, the ongoing future as we know it she's a fantastic character and then i'll leave you with this she's a fantastic character she had a very i don't know if you watch game of thrones but a very brienne of tarth feel to her and I absolutely loved that character. And uh, there's a few comics that come to the top of my pile each week. And it's the ongoing. Then it's Last Ronin when issue two comes out. And then it's that Janika book from Brom. I, I, I got to talk to him, too. It's fantastic. I love it, the way he thinks and the way he writes it. And it's he's, such a fun character. No, it is. And he's a fantastic writer and he's a fantastic artist. I'm a huge fan of his, of his Brown's work. So, so I mean, that, that's greatest praise you can really get. But Godfather of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles say, I like your work a lot, man. Um, I know you work on The Last Run. Is there anything that you're working on um, that you, we can try to push people towards you? Where can people find you? What's Kevin Eastman doing these days? So, um, you know, in addition to Last Run, sort of the main focus right now, but I'm still um, I'm working on pages. Um, David Avalone and I, the, David Avalone is the co-creator of Drawing Blood. Yep. Um, ben Bishop is uh, is working he's still, you know, even though he's doing stuff for uh, the last Ronin, um, he's um, he's working feverishly to finish. Um, he's into issue eight now, so that's that'll complete our 
our Kickstarter program. So we're running behind on that, you know, like I think everything else this year is, um, but drawing blood is sort of, um, it's last run and then drawing, everything's all about drawing blood. So, um, but I think, um, you know, if anybody wants to find out, you know, what, where, when, what we're doing, kevinisamstudios.com, it's our main website and you can find, um, all kinds of information, all kinds of fun stuff and lots of free stuff. You don't have to go, you don't have to buy anything to go there. You can just go cruise around and there's lots of free stuff you can look at and hang out. And we've been trying to do more of, um, uh, you know, events. We did a Halloween party <laughs> um, recently where we just sort of hung out and, and talked to fans and answered questions. We did a little draw off and stuff like that. So, because uh, we miss being out there on the road yeah. and seeing all you guys in person. So we're, you know, once when it once it's safe for us to all do that, we we can't wait to get back to it. But um, yeah, so kevinisonstudios.com, check us out there. You find out more of the information you need to know, and then um, in the meantime, stay uh, stay tuned in to um, the last uh, road because it's shit. Shit's gonna get real, man. It's gonna get real real quick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't I can't thank you enough, man, for taking the time for me. You could have been doing anything else than this but you chose to do this and i can't thank you enough for it um they, uh congratulations to you and courtney for just celebrating a wedding anniversary recently um keep crushing it you two uh and, and that's been it man this has been kevin fucking eastman this has been julian with what's in my head podcast we're out of time um anytime you're in orlando let me know and you will be treated to the best meal you've ever had in your life I'm a cook chef what do you want to call me uh that's what i do for a living so just let me know ahead of time and i'll make sure you're taken care of um, <laughs> well, thank you. And that's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to flip it back on you because, you know, I wouldn't have the great job that I have without the fans like yourself. So I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you guys so much. And um, yeah, say so, uh, let's circle back in a couple of months and you can give me a report card. Let me know how we're doing on last Ronin. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, man. I, I couldn't think of any better way to do it, man. We're out of time here today, boys and girls have a great day. Do not cheap out Buy his membership. It's fantastic. You won't regret it. I know I got to put it in there. I'm a membership myself. I love it. I love your website. I love everything you do, man. Kevin, thank you. Stay safe. You and Courtney have a great time and uh, I'll see you soon. All right. Appreciate you. Take it easy, man. Thanks you as well. Thank you. Good night. Thanks again for checking out the what's in my head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating that will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.